podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today we're going to have a look at one of the hot talking points of the week, which is of course what to do with Brian Umbermo of Brentford, who is already losing managers at quite an alarming rate. Uh, at the time of recording, he's the fourth most sold FPL asset for Game Week 8, having lost 159,000 of the managers that hoped he'd get something in Game Week 7 and watched him blank once again. Now, he was highly owned at the beginning of the season, continues to be fairly well owned, to be honest, uh, because of the, um, the money a lot of us have made of him. It's quite difficult to sell players like that in those situations. And so with a few wild cards hanging about, it very much is a big topic this week. Do we hold or do we sell Brian and Bermo? And I'm someone who also is in that boat as well. I've had him since game week one, and uh, I want to know what is the best course of action to do with him. So I've spent the last few hours going over some key numbers for him uh, over the last couple of weeks. There's all number of factors, to be honest, that impact his uh, ability to score FPL points at the moment. We're going to delve into some of those in some detail now, and hopefully that's going to help you guys come to the best decision for your team in terms of what to do with him. Now, as ever, the information that I have perused uh, this morning uh, has come from the Fantasy Football Scout members area and of course if you want the ability to go and do some of these little case studies by yourself without having to rely uh, on the editorial and video schedule of Fantasy Football Scout then one of the best ways to of course do that is to get your own membership you can sign up now and still get that 30% pre-season price discount if you get yourself sorted uh, as soon as you can and of course we've got the game week 8 deadline coming up on Saturday still plenty of time for you to assess some of those key 50-50 calls you've got on your team or perhaps in your wildcard ahead of the new uh, out of the upcoming game week eight deadline. Now let's uh, let's jump straight into uh, the the story of Brian and, Brian and Burmo. It's been a very interesting campaign so far for him. Started uh, really really well. Uh, seven points in game week one against Spurs. Sixteen points against Fulham in game week two. A blank against Crystal Palace in game week three. But then back to scoring form in game week four when he got eight points against Bournemouth. Uh, ever since then, it's largely been thanks for not trying. Uh, we've taken our eyes off that t-shirt and tie combination of unfortunately, and it's become something of a Brian Storm in the words of the Arctic Monkeys. We've had absolutely no attacking returns in game weeks 5, 6 or 7 from Mbermo. Uh, just two points against Newcastle, one point against Everton and two against Nottingham Forest. Now, the Newcastle result perhaps wasn't all that disappointing for people. We were probably perhaps expecting fewer points than normal in that game. But for him to uh, go and just get three points across two games against Everton and Nottingham Forest, that really has pushed him onto the chopping block for a lot of people. However, it's not quite as simple as that. As I said at the beginning, there's all number of factors that impact uh, whether or not uh, Mbermo is someone who is, is worth having in your FPL team, what his FPL credentials are. And there's a lot of, perhaps I'm going to suggest, misconceptions about some of the teams that he's faced uh, as well. And so we're going to have a look at some of that now. Now, what I've done is I've taken some information from the Fantasy Football Scout members area and thrown it into a bit of a table of my own so that we can have a look at the journey that he's gone on so far this season in Burma in terms of how often he was shooting how often he was creating chances from one week to the next so see if we can find some correlation with the points that he was scoring we've also got xgi in here as well expected goal involvement we've got non-penalty expecting goal involvement because him being the penalty taker can skew some of the expected goal involvement numbers for example and we're also going to have a look at the expected goals conceded or rather the average expected goals conceded uh, that each of the teams he has faced have recorded so far this season to see if we can find any kind of correlation so for the benefit of the podcast listeners i will talk 
talk through um, some of the numbers on here. So in game week one against Spurs, uh, we we had Mbomo having three shots, three in the box, two big chances. Both of them were on target, uh, an XGI of 1.43 and a non-penalty XGI of 0.64. So um, fairly solid numbers there. And that translated into seven points. He didn't create any chances, uh, but he was very much a goal threat player for this particular game. Then the game week two game against Fulham, one chance created. He, he had the same number of shots, three, the same number in the box, three. He had an additional big chance compared to the previous game, so had three big chances in this one, and the same number of shots on target, two. So from an XGI of 2.10 uh, and a non-penalty XGI of 1.31, he scored 16 points. Then against Crystal Palace, um, he created two chances, so a little bit more creative in this game. But interestingly enough, a massive drop-off in actual goal threat potential for this one. So instead of having the customary three shots, all of which are in the box, just one effort on goal against Palace, one in the box, no big chances, no shot on target, 0.29 was his XGI and non-penalty XGI, two points. So very much a massive drop-off in his goal threat there, which resulted in a blank. However, back to uh, his good stuff, really, to be honest, against Bournemouth, where he created two chances again, uh, but his shots were back up in terms of volume and quality. So two shots in total, two in the box, two big chances and one shot on target. XGI of 1.19 and non-penalty was exactly the same, back up to eight points. Now, in all of the other games that we've got here, Newcastle, Everton and Nottingham Forest, there's um, very much one recurring theme here is that there is a lack of quality chances that he was able uh, to sink his teeth into. Um, a little bit of variation in terms of those shots. So against Newcastle, it was one shot. Everton, three shots. Forest, it was two shots. Um, and then in terms of those locations, Newcastle, one in the box two in the box against Everton and two in the box against Forest. But across those three games, just the one big chance when you consider that against Spurs, Fulham and Bournemouth, he managed, and if suppose if you include the Crystal Palace one as well between games one and four, uh, we can see seven big chances there, but just one in the last three and only one shot on target as well uh, compared to five in the four before that. And so against Newcastle, it was an XGI of 0.06. Against Everton, it was 0.44. And against Forest, it was 0.43. So, a lot of information there, I appreciate. But the, the main thing is that in the last few games, um, there has been a drop-off in the quality and accuracy of Mbomo's chances. And the question is, why is that happening? Is that something that needs to trigger a sale? Or is it something that's perhaps situational that maybe we hope isn't going to necessarily affect things uh, beyond that? Well, possibly. Because the first thing I want to pull out is the average expected goals conceded of the teams that Brian Mbomo has faced uh, in the last uh, few weeks. Because, or in the first seven weeks I should say because all of the teams that he got attacking returns against all three of them uh, so far this season have averaged more or 1.47 expected goals conceded or more this season all of the teams that he blanked against are below that which shows that um, it's there is an element of fixture difficulty here that has impacted it and it's the sort of thing that we're only going to notice if we delve into much greater detail because you look at those fixtures and you think Everton, Forest in particular and perhaps maybe Crystal Palace are teams that you know Burma should be getting goals against uh, but it's interesting to note that actually Everton and Forest's defence this season hasn't actually been as bad as perhaps we might assume that it is uh, simply because sometimes we see a team not performing particularly well uh, maybe six months ago, and we need to make sure that we're updating uh, how we're assessing a team's ability to achieve a certain thing on the pitch. And so those average expected goals conceded numbers there, um, as I said, the three worst teams 
of the seven he's faced so far, and Burma scored against all of them. Uh, the four best teams from those, he didn't score against any of them. Newcastle and Crystal Palace, I suppose, is perhaps not that much of a surprise. But when you saw all seven Premier League teams so far this season, four expected goals conceded, Newcastle have the third best, which, as I said, is not that much of a surprise. Crystal Palace have the eighth best, which, again, is probably not all that much of a surprise. However, Everton's is actually the seventh best. So there's only six teams in the Premier League that have actually recorded expected goals conceded at a faster rate than Everton. Um, which just goes to show they're not necessarily uh, a team that should be conceding as many goals as they as they perhaps have done because they have conceded 12 goals. So they've underperformed against their XGC by quite a lot. Uh, but the point is, is that defence is not as obliging as you think. And so therefore, Burmo blanking against them is maybe not quite as alarming as we previously thought that it might be. Uh, Nottingham Forest, uh, they're roughly mid-table. Either way, Nottingham Forest and Everton are not in any way... Um, your, your whipping boys that you perhaps maybe expect. Spurs are kind of lower mid-table for their expected goals conceded so far. That's perhaps not surprising when you consider they play uh, a more risk type of football um, with the way that they press. And then, of course, Fulham and Bournemouth very much near the bottom. They are the second worst and the third worst team for expected goals conceded uh, so far this season. And we're going to have a look uh, in a minute uh, um, at who uh, Brentford are facing next and how bad their XGC has been so far this season to see whether or not there are any opportunities for Mbomo in the coming weeks to return to the type of football that he was playing uh, against those more favourable opposition earlier in the campaign. But before we do that, we're going to have a look at a few other things because sometimes what we um, have uh, in the discussion around Mbomo is what position he's playing. So I just wanted to cover that uh, briefly in terms of whether or not there has been any um, formation impact on what he's been able to achieve so far and what I discovered is that there probably uh, hasn't been any impact on this in terms of the formation we will talk about personnel in just a second um, in the game week one game against Spurs it was a 5-3-2 where Mbomo played up front um, but against Fulham where he was on the right wing in a 4-3-3 he actually racked up higher expected goal involvement both in open play and of course with the penalty thrown in as well and so even though he's playing in technically a less central and um, arguably not as um, exciting out of position still managed to rack up a good XGI score there Um, 4-3-3 and on the right wing for him was also where he was for the Bournemouth game as well and just across the course of it, it's exactly what we expect from, from Brentford. They are playing 4-3-3 in the more winnable games and then against the so-called top six. Um, so the only times they've played those teams in the Premier League so far this season is Newcastle and Spurs. 5-3-2 both times. However, the 5-3-2 against Spurs, seven points. XGI of 1.43 in a 5-3-2 against Newcastle, two points from an XGI of 0.06. So what you can see there is it's not really the formation that's impacted the difference between those two games because they've played the same formation in each one. It's just undeniable that Newcastle are a much better defensive asset than Spurs. Alternatively, um, some big scores out of the 4-3-3 playing on the right wing against your Fulhams and your Bournemouths. However, playing in that exact same position against Crystal Palace, Everton and Nottingham Forest, much lower expected goal involvement and blanks in all of them. So it does look as if we don't have to worry too much about the formation that Brentford are going to play. It is perhaps going to depend a little bit more on the opposition. Uh, And we can see that um, to some extent um, in uh, having a look uh, at when we compare game weeks one to four with game weeks five to seven on a more granular level and with a couple of maps as well. So what we've got on the screen right now is Mbermo's game weeks one to four um, versus Mbermo game weeks five to seven with a touch map. And yeah, it's, it shows right here that in those games where he's blanked in the last three, he has been touching the ball less often 
uh, in the penalty box. Uh, so he had 5.6 touches in the penalty box across game weeks one through four per game. And then per game uh, in game weeks five to seven, what we saw from Burma was he's touching the box four times per game. So there is, you know, a clear uh, drop off there. Uh, then in terms of the goal attempts, um, we'll uh, put on an XG shot map up on the screen now. As I said before, it's kind of similar to what I mentioned before with the, the quality of the chances is really what's dropping. But there is also a drop, a drop in volume between those two fixtures, uh, fixture groups between game weeks one to four uh, and Burmo was having 2.2 shots per game, 2.2 of them in the box. Uh, in game weeks five through seven, two shots in the box. Um, sorry, two shots uh, per game, 1.7 in the box. Uh, then in terms of the quality, he was having 1.5 big chances per game in that first set of fixtures. And then in the, the most recent three, 0.3 per game. And then the accuracy from 1.5 per game to 0.3. Shot accuracy is also dropped as a percentage as well as a, a, a sort of raw value from 66.7%, which to be fair is actually very high and sometimes hard to sustain all the way down to 16 0.7%. So that just kind of drills home just the gap between those two fixture groups. Uh, but as I said, there is definitely an impact uh, on those numbers, I think, from the quality of defensive opponents they're facing, because across those two groups, the average expected goals conceded of the teams that they were facing uh, actually was higher uh, in the first four matches compared to the last three matches. We'll come on to their upcoming opponents very shortly before that we just need to also talk about something else with Brentford which is of course the injury to uh, their left back uh, where they've had to change uh, a system where they were playing Aaron Hickey at right back um, and then Rico Henry has obviously had to come out of the left back position so Hickey's moved to left back and in game week six uh, we had Christopher Ayer playing at right back and then in game week seven we had uh, Ross left playing at right back so behind him and Burma has not necessarily had the usual input from Hickey he's had two different players and of course losing uh, Henry's output on the left has probably damaged the team a little bit as well so what I wanted to do was have a look at what impact the loss of Rico Henry has had on Umbermo, um because there are some really interesting things here that I think it's worth being aware of because interestingly enough despite the fact that in the last two matches Umbermo hasn't got us any attacking returns he's actually a lot more involved uh, on the ball for Brentford so between game weeks one to five so what we're doing now is we're, we're taking that Newcastle game from uh, game week five and instead of putting it in the second set of fixtures we're putting it in the first set of fixtures because from game week six onwards that's when we've got no Rico Henry and between these two groups uh, total touches for Burmo went uh, per game this is went from 45.8 to 72.5 in the opponent's half it went from 33.6 to 49.5 in the final third it went from 25.8 to 37.5 now admittedly the uh, touches in the box did drop but his touches in the final third has seemingly gone up his passes received has gone up per game in almost every area total opponent's half final third we've seen a bump in all three um, is an increase in dribbling from him there's been an increase in how often he's been trying to take players on he was trying to take players on 2.2 times per game game weeks one through five and four per game uh, game week six and seven uh, 2.5 of those were successful uh, he didn't actually have any successful take-ons in the first five game weeks but in six and seven um there we are. He has. He's even losing the ball less often. So between game weeks one and five, he was dispossessed 1.6 times per game. Uh, he's now just dispossessed 1.5. Uh, and then in terms of half, he's tackled 3.8 times per game, dropped to three per game. So it's really interesting that there have been some improvements in some elements of his performance. It's just they haven't necessarily translated to goals. Perhaps the most interesting one is the distribution change. Now, we have to be 
uh, aware of the fact that the sample sizes here are a bit skewed and we've got five game weeks on the left and two on the right and of course when it's only two game weeks sometimes it's hard to read too much into it but the the gap is is interesting and it's worth being aware of because it does still imply that there is some fantasy potential here now for the for the distribution i won't bore you with the details in terms of total passes and opponents half final third etc what I will look at is the crossing and the assist potential specifically. So for crossing, across the first five games, uh, Burmo was crossing 5.6 times per game. He's, that's gone up to six per game in the last two. Um, successful crosses has gone from 2.2 per game to 2.5. And then the percentage, obviously, from 39.3 up to 41.7. And then in terms of the assist potential, it's gone from uh, one chance created per game in the first five matches to 2.5 chances created per game in the last two. And as I said, whilst you could turn around and say, oh, it's only Everton and Nottingham Forest, well, actually, unfortunately, the defensive data that we've got in front of us that we've looked at the beginning suggests that, um, yeah, Everton and Nottingham Forest are not the worst teams that Brentford have faced defensively so far this season. Technically, that's Spurs, Fulham and Bournemouth. So, the fact that there has been an increase in assist potential is definitely worth being aware of. Let's have a look at what it looks like on the map. And when you consider that the right-hand side is two matches and the left-hand side is just one, the fact that we've got a much, much higher concentration of chances created on the right-hand side is very, very telling. And a lot of them are coming from the right-hand side, where, of course, he plays right wing. And it would appear that um, he is being tasked slightly more with some level of creativity than before when they had Rico Henry, who obviously would provide it from the other side. But being a particularly good fullback at getting forward and creating chances, they did lose some creative element from the team. And so that is obviously going to have some impact on his goal threat, which is definitely there. We can't ignore that. Um, goal uh, attempts uh, in terms of the quality and the, on target, as I said, they have changed. But it is worth pointing out, interestingly enough, that between game weeks one through five and game week six and seven, and Burma is actually shooting more often. In the first five game weeks this season, two shots per game. In the last two, 2.5. The amount in the box has, changed, uh, has stayed exactly the same. It's two and two. Uh, but he, as I said, 1.2 big chances per game down to 0.5. And then in terms of on target, 1.2 per game to 0.5. So the quality and the accuracy is dropping, but the volume is staying the same. And so I'm hoping, as an Burma owner, that maybe if the quality can, if the, if the uh, volume can stay the same and the quality come back up again, maybe we might see uh, him come back as an asset at some point. Um, one last thing to look at here is, interestingly enough, he's even being more rewarded by the bonus in these games than when he was doing much better, which means that if he does start to get attacking returns again, theoretically, if he continues playing in this style that we've seen in the last two games, he's more likely to get bonus. So um, his BPS baseline bonus points per game in game weeks one through five was three point eight, and it's gone up to nine in each of the last uh, across the last two. His, his BPS pass completion from zero point four to three point zero. His uh, BPS for clearances, box interceptions from zero point two to zero point five. Recoveries zero point eight to two point zero. So there are definitely some in inverted commas good things that we've seen from Mbomo statistically over the last couple of games. I know that the eye test has, has hardly helped because he missed a very big chance against Forest, and that is frustrating. But as I said. In the upcoming weeks, there may be the opportunity for Mbermo to demonstrate what he's done earlier in the campaign when he does go up against defences that are more obliging than the three he's faced in the last three. As I said, it's, it's very difficult when we look at the numbers 
in terms of expected goals conceded to necessarily say that Forest and Everton uh, are among some of the more obliging defences out there because there's just too many other teams that are much more obliging than them and they sort of hide in plain sight in many ways because they are in some cases teams that have had a good season so far in terms of points uh, or they might be another top six side that perhaps hide in plain sight in terms of their fixture difficult just the just because of their name and of course the prime example there is probably Manchester United who over the first seven matches have averaged uh, an expected goals conceded of 1.61 per game so far this season that is of course uh, let's just bring uh, back the uh, the breakdown from before the teams they were facing 1.61 that's higher than Spurs higher than uh, higher than Spurs and, and below uh, Fulham and Bournemouth but much, much higher than Forest, Everton, Newcastle and Palace so far this season. Uh, and so if he can get seven points against Spurs, um, uh, we fingers crossed, hope that maybe he can um, you know, deliver on some of those interesting numbers we saw when he plays Man United because the law of averages does suggest that he is going to get more chances of high quality against a team that is actually in a pretty bad place defensively right now. Now, we've got a couple of other teams in this run uh, who also are particularly bad shape defensively. So far this season, Burnley uh, have averaged 1.9 XGC per game. Um, We've got West Ham, who actually have one of the worst for this particular stat. 2.08 for them. And then in game week 14... Uh, Luton 1.96 per game for their expected goals conceded. Now, the tricky ones obviously are Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, which Brentford face in game weeks 10, 12 and 13. Chelsea are 1.07, Liverpool are 1.32, Arsenal 0.88. Much more in the realms of the teams that Umberma has blanked against. But as I said, the teams that Umberma has scored against this season have XGC that is either similar um, or uh, just just in a similar or uh, and or worse situation than the guys they're facing in the next coming weeks. And so because three of those four teams are in three of Brentford's next four, starts to make me think that maybe I might give him one more chance in the sense that he's about to face some very favourable opponents. And he's also about to face some favourable opponents when it it comes to where these defences are at their weakest. I know that a lot of people like this particular uh, way of looking at teams. So what I thought I'd do just to finish off was examine the defences of all these teams and find out where it is that they are giving up as uh, more of their chances. Um, Because, of course, and Bowman plays on the right-hand side, we're looking for teams that are weaker on the left because then it just means that not only is Burma going up against a team that has got a worse defence than some of the teams he's blanked against, if he's going up against a side that specifically has issues defending against players in his position, that of course will benefit him as well. And what I discovered was that, thankfully enough, of those four teams that we just highlighted on the previous slide, uh, basically all four of them are very bad at defending the left-hand side, which is really encouraging. So Man United, they've conceded 25 chances down the left-hand side uh, so far this season. Um, they are the 13th worst for that so far this season. They're admittedly a little bit worse on the right-hand side, but not far off. Um, Burnley have conceded 28 chances down there their left-hand side, that is by far and away their worst flank, especially compared to the right. Uh, That is the 16th worst in the Premier League. Uh, West Ham have conceded 34 chances down their left-hand side. That's more than on their right. And uh, that's the 18th worst left side in the Premier League. Only Wolves and Sheffield United have conceded more chances down their left-hand side than West Ham so far this season. That 
definitely bodes well for Burmo. Uh, and then Luton, it's a little bit further off. It's in game week 14, and it's after some of those harder games that Brentford have. So you may have sold him by then anyway. Now I'm going to come on to actionable FPL strategy in a second from this little bit of research. But yeah, with Luton, uh, they've conceded 30 chances down their left-hand side. And and the gap between their other areas is, is phenomenal here. They're the 17th worst side for conceding chances down the left-hand side. Only West Ham, uh, Wolves and Sheffield United are worse there. But they've conceded 16 through the centre. So it's almost double what they've conceded through there. They've conceded 20 down their right-hand side. So it's eight more than that side. Um, and it's worth pointing out, actually, with Luton and Burnley, despite the fact that they're in very poor places for left-hand side uh, chances conceded. This is just a raw figure, right? This doesn't take into a per game because that was just a bit too fiddly for me. And I just want to asterisk this with the fact that I'm recording this before Luton versus Burnley uh, on the Tuesday night, the second game of those two teams having in double game week seven. So if you're checking this out, perhaps on Wednesday, Thursday, then the numbers for Luton and Burnley almost certainly will be worse and will perhaps uh, just tweak this chart a little bit. Um, so yeah, th- those two teams are very bad at defending down on Burmo's side. So I'd like to think that Mbomo can get something against them. But the question then just become, what do we do uh, with Mbomo, right? That's what this is all about. Uh, what does it mean for that transfer strategy? Well, I think when you look at those games that we've got coming up, it makes me think that I'd like to see if I can hold Mbomo to maybe get uh, give him the best chance to benefit from these defences that don't uh, look particularly strong. They do look very obliging and in some cases very much with a spe- uh, specific focus on his area of the pitch. He's got three of those in the next four. The Chelsea game is, is of course, you know, the exception there. But I feel like this may be enough for me to give Mbomo three of the next four. And if he perhaps, after the first two has done nothing, then it then becomes only two of the next five does he have games against these teams uh, with more obliging defences specifically focused on his area of the pitch. And maybe that's when I sell him. Um, Because, yeah, that particular set of the fixtures doesn't look very nice at all. And then maybe... Maybe the stars align for me to perhaps bring him back in for game week 14 when they do face uh, Luton. Um, Alternatively, if I hold him for three of the next four and he gets me returns against Man United and Burnley, I think I would probably feel like I'd seen enough uh, to hold him through the Chelsea game and hope for the best. Because, of course, one thing we haven't talked about here is he is still on penalties. All it takes is for one of these teams to afford Brentford a penalty and... He's got a very good chance of getting you a goal. So could maybe hope for that against Chelsea. And then I'd feel a lot more comfortable taking him into that West Ham game and then maybe selling him after that uh, on the view that of two of the next three, they're against uh, much better defences. So that's what I'm thinking with Mbomo. Um, a lot of it is going to be team dependent. There's going to be midfielders perhaps you want to reach that perhaps you can't unless you sell Mbomo. Uh, but yeah, in terms of uh, the best way to assess that, I'm going to do my team selection video later on this week where I'm going to take a lot of this stuff that I've learned about in Burmo today and feed that into the specific needs uh, and problems in my team. Uh, and that will kind of give me more of an idea about what I'm going to do with him moving forward. Um, of course, I'm not going to be playing my wild card, so I'm very much still looking at players as best I can at an individual basis uh, and transfers in the same way. So yeah, that's my thinking there. Uh, hopefully this video has been helpful for you guys. Appreciate it. there's a lot of information here, but I think it's a really important subject that we discussed at quite great length this week because Mbomo is highly owned we've got money tied up in him as well and so if you do sell him and bring him back you could lose a bit of cash and this season uh, the price changes do seem to be affecting team decisions a little bit more so it's definitely worth staying on top of that of course everything you've seen here has come from the members area as well so make sure you've signed up for uh, that ahead of the next deadline 
30% discount with those preseason prices still available. So yeah, make sure you get that sorted as soon as you can. Well, as I said, hopefully you've enjoyed this video. If you have, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel and hit that bell notification so you don't miss a thing. And with that, I shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your FPL tinkering and I shall see you next time.